Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. We are a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation, and we'll be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams. In this series, you'll learn how to plan your renovation, know whether your project is a job for you or a contractor, how to hire and work with a contractor, and loads of pro tips on how to turn your renovation dreams into a reality. Let's jump in. This podcast is brought to you by Woodby Art. Woodby Art is a renovation company providing you a renovation experience you will actually love. We specialize in turning anything our clients can dream up, pin up, or sketch up on a napkin into reality, making their houses feel more like home. Visit us at woodbeart.com to book your complimentary consultation today with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. Hey, and welcome to episode five of our foundational series. So far, we've talked about planning, should you hire a contractor or not, and if so, the process to do so. At this stage, you have determined who you would like to hire based on your initial conversations, due diligence, and the proposals you've reviewed. Okay, so now what? What are those next steps? It's a good idea to ask a final few questions if you haven't done so already. The adage of assumption applies here. The things contractors just know from years of experience, you don't, and while some things are obvious, others are not. Don't assume and make an ass out of you and me. Don't assume that the crew won't pee on the toilet seat. Don't assume that your existing floors will be protected. And don't assume that the contractor can read your mind. If you haven't asked already, do you still have time for our project? Like I mentioned earlier, the things may have changed since you first spoke with your contractor. And, you know, everybody needs to review their schedules to make sure that this project is still going to work. Who manages your projects and what experience do you have? So, like I mentioned in the previous episode, you have every right to know who's working on your project and the relationships that we've developed with our subtrades over the years. You know, we vouch for every single one of those people, and we don't hesitate to use them even on our own house. Now, of those people, I mean, who will really be in my home? Seeing a kaleidoscope of unfamiliar faces coming in and out of your property every day can be really uncomfortable for some people, especially with those longer-term projects. You should ask them if they have a dedicated crew and a project manager. Ideally, the answer will be yes, as this prevents details from being miscommunicated or forgotten between the waves of subcontractors. And how will you protect my property? Find out who will have the keys to your house, how you can contact them, and if it's an open project, how are we going to secure it? Tools and heavy machinery need a safe place to spend the night, so ask if all of this will be on your property or are they bringing that back to theirs or maybe they're being stored in a truck. If you do need to house the materials or tools, discuss where they can store them safely. And who will manage the trash and cleanup? Sawdust, or the carpenter's glitter as it sometimes is called, is the tragic love child of pollen and sand. Irritating, invasive, and a pain to clean. So how will your contractor face the challenges of containing and cleaning the oncoming chaos? Ideally, they can tell you all about their collection, expansion poles with poly, temporary access doors, and anything else that they can do to basically keep your your property safe, clean, and removing debris at regular intervals or at the end of the project is all part of the deal. What will daily work be like? We all like to know what to expect in life. Knowledge is power after all. And it's especially frustrating when you can't rely on your usual routine. 
Whether or not you plan to be home during construction hours, find out what to expect on the average construction day. When does the work start and end daily? And what are their days off? Some people like to work on Saturdays and Sundays, others not. When should you plan to be at the house and which days should you plan to be scarce? What level of noise can you expect? And once the project kick- kicks off, keep the dialogue open to make sure the contractor knows which family members and pets will be in the house during working hours. And how do you handle those unforeseen construction issues? There's usually something that does not go exactly to plan and how it's communicated and documented is really, really important. This way, all the parties have proof of the changes and the approvals and the uh, tally of expenses at the end won't come as a shock. And then how will you document those things? Is it something that's verbal? Is it an email? Do you have written change orders that are numbered? And all that kind of stuff uh, is done slightly differently for every contractor, but it's really good to know what that's going to look like prior to starting. And then how do you deal with that? those project selections? Again, you know, you can go off and find things. You might have a designer that helps to find those things. The contractor may provide just a, a stock level of stuff that you can choose from. Ultimately, though, I think to get those final finishing touches that really make your house feel more like home, you should go off and, and be, have an invested interest in, in choosing some of those items. And is there a warranty for the materials and the service that, that the contractor is providing? Ask how though they will deliver those to you for their files. Is it a written thing or is it just a verbal thing? Normally, we provide this information at the conclusion of the project as a package, and we give a list of all of the details, such as the fixtures, the paint colors, and any other relevant details that you may need to look back on in the future. Normally, contractors provide a one-year sort of warranty on labor and parts and fixtures and all that kind of thing. Um, if it's a new home build, usually there's a 2510 is what they call it. And that's the two years on labor and materials, five year on the building envelope, and the 10 years on your structure altogether. And then I, you know, sometimes people ask me, well, what concerns do you have about our project? Because there's always going to be something that may be a little bit tricky. And experienced contractors that have a well-trained eye for sort of sussing out those trouble spots in a home, um, you know, we'll be able to answer those questions for you. And then you'll be aware of the fact that maybe there might be a point in time where there's going to be something that comes up that may impact the schedule or the estimated costs. So here's a true story. <laughs> Recently, we suggested to a client that she do some perimeter drainage on her house because we noticed some wet concrete in the basement. It was not that bad, like it was just a few little spots in there, but it was clearly a, a, an indication that you know there, something was going to need to be addressed and soon. So she opted not to pursue the work at the time, and then we ended up having to pull up the floor and replace it after a torrential rainstorm when the place got flooded out. So then we helped her to get the drainage done, and we could have mitigated all of that hassle had we done the drainage at the very beginning, as we had sort of suggested to her. Now, sometimes there's a disagreement that happens. And, you know, we've been really fortunate that we have had very few, if any, unhappy clients. But, you know, communication is what it is. And sometimes miscommunications happen either on the contractor's part or maybe the homeowner's um, behalf. And, we need to be able to have a, a framework of being able to work out what you know that conversation is going to look like. And ultimately, if we're directly responsible for something, maybe I miss something or one of our, our subtrades miss something, then I have a very clear stance. We fix it. Period. End of story. Now, if it's something that the client changed their mind on or maybe another professional that missed 
spec'd something like a designer that said, you know, this faucet, this finish, that kind of thing. And it was actually a different faucet altogether with a different finish. Well, I can't be responsible for that. We're just going off of what information was provided to us. So in that case, that would be a discussion that we have with the designer and and they would probably have to uh, refund or reimburse for getting a new client or a new faucet. Regardless of who you're going to be using as your contractor, a contract will need to be in the picture. You need to review it, ask for clarifications, and, and add any revisions that may be needed, and sign off on it. This document provides that foundation for the scope of work for the project and the financials. Now, depending on the scope of work, the permit process, the selections, and all that kind of stuff, the kickoff for your project after signing the contract could be almost immediate, or it could be even months away. Your contractor will be able to provide you a rough schedule or timeline for the work to be completed, and you may elect to move out altogether for the duration of the project if it impacts most or all of your house, or maybe for only one phase of the work, kind of like the drywall phase, which is uh, so hard to get through for a lot of people. Your contractor is responsible for a whole host of things to execute your project, but you also have a part to play. You'll need to move and protect all of your personal belongings from the work area, and I would also suggest that Anything else in the house that is sensitive to dust or maybe an heirloom or an antique or anything that is near and dear to your heart. You know, we would hate to have anything go sideways and that one of the one of these things gets damaged to the point of, of no return. Now, here's another true story. Clients of ours um, in the, a couple of years ago did a really good job at protecting everything and setting aside their furniture and all that kind of stuff. They placed a whole bunch of things in, a, in an adjacent room to the area that we were working in. But they placed this beautiful antique vase on top of a dresser that was like right up against the wall where we were going to be doing some demo. Now, this room was locked. I had no idea where things were placed or how things were protected in there. So, you know, they said, no, we put everything in here. It's all good. Well, while we were doing the demo, one of our guys got a little excited and he accidentally put a hammer through the drywall on the other side. Now, luckily for us, <laughs> luckily for us, they narrowly missed this this antique vase and it would have been disastrous. This was a, a personal item, antique, heirloom quality stuff, and we would not have been able to replace it. So if there's anything like that, make sure that you you take responsibility for making sure that it's safe. Now, I can't stress enough for the entirety of your project, you need to be clear, communicate your vision, your expectations, and any concerns you have, as well as some appreciation for the sweat and efforts of the crew. That goes a long way. Now, expect to live through some noise, disruption, a bit of discomfort while the work is going on if you're going to be living on site. Set yourself up to manage the madness. Plan up to set up temporary kitchens, maybe, or even outdoor living spaces. Plan to eat out or maybe get away for the day uh, on the weekend if someone's working, or maybe get away for a few weekends to maintain your sanity. View it as another cost of your reno. And also be prepared to answer questions as things come up um, that may need to change if the house throws a flag on the play with some wacky uh, framing or some weird electrical stuff that someone did in the past. Um, you know, we need your input as things go along as well. And you absolutely need to be around to have regular site visits to see how things are progressing. I mean, if nothing else, you can generate some more excitement around your project. Um, but that's the easiest way for us to point and look and maybe talk about things that we need to figure out along the way. But I, I want to stress here too, you, you want to just let the crew do their job. You don't want to be too much underfoot 
and I just I saw this thing on Facebook the other day, noting the cost per hour um, rates for carpenters. And the base rate was whatever, like a hundred bucks. And then having to fix a DIY special was like 200 bucks an hour. And for doing the work while you stood there watching them and having you tell them how to do their job was like $400 an hour. So you want to make sure that you provide enough uh, information and feedback, but you also want to then stand back and let the people just do their work. In conjunction with this, you want to use the appropriate chain of command. Don't talk to the electrician on site asking them to change a bunch of stuff without the contractor or the project manager being there. The electrician is potentially going to do whatever you ask because, you know, we're all here to serve. And then he'll just fill out his timesheet at the end of the day saying, you know, we took extra time to talk about this and we moved this and we moved this and we added this and we did that. And then the electrical company is going to give a an extra charge for all of that stuff. And if we don't know about it and you get this bill at the end, you know, there's this dysfunction between what you asked for and how much you got charged and who actually signed off on that. So we really want to make sure that clients don't get sticker shocked. And then um, that way, contractors don't get a bad rap. The other thing is, is that um, you need to expect that there's going to be extra costs and that the project will potentially take a little bit longer to complete than we all think. It's pretty normal for scope creep to happen, as there's always a component of, well, while you're doing X, Y, and Z, maybe, you know, you painted my kitchen, but oh, now the hallway looks really dingy. Can you just add that in? Um, so, you know, there's a cost to that, and there's also a time component to that. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you have a better idea of how to manage expectations on your next project. Be sure to tune in next time as we'll be answering some of the top questions we get asked by clients. You can find all additional episodes and resources at allthingsrenovation.com. And please do provide any feedback or ideas for the show or cruise over to the woodbeart.com website and check out our work. And if you're into it, get social with us there. Ciao for now. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about all things renovation. We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for all things renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at woodbeart.com to get started on your dream project now.